Our scripture for today comes from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. Let us listen to God's word. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile himself to all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. The church to which this letter was written, the church at Colossae, was a small town church in what is today Turkey. Small town, like their grocery options were Walmart, Piggly Wiggly, and Bruce's food land. Small town. When they heard about Jesus, they were amazed. They heard words like, we are reconciled through the death of Christ. They heard, we are presented holy and blameless before God. They heard, seek things that are above. And when they heard these things, they knew they wanted to follow Jesus. Wherever he went, they wanted to go. They weren't just going to be Christians, though. They were going to be super Christians, ultimate Christians. Christians shouldn't be overly attached to the world. Well, they were going to take it to a whole different level. You see, the church in Colossae had this phrase, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Do not taste your food. It's just for sustenance. Don't touch comfortable things. Super Christians means super suffering. Super Christians would need to be deeper than others. Things too amazing for other Christians to understand. So to set themselves apart, to make clear their religious superiority, Colossae began seeking what they called mysterious things. If we are going to seek the things that are above and leave behind the things that are of the earth, they thought, then we have to be involved with things that are really unusual. And so they became a very unusual church. We've seen churches try this in our small town, too. What leads someone, for example, to test their faithfulness by handling poisonous snakes? Maybe. They can't compete with the screens and the big church, but have you seen how they can handle a copperhead? An unusual church. In Colossae, they had this practice that is rather hard to translate, but it goes like this. They walked in the middle of the air. Seek things that are above. 
Scripture said. And so this church in Colossae replied, Hey, Scripture says we have been raised with Christ. It says to seek things that are above. It sounds pretty literal to me. So to prove that they were super Christians, they created an elevation ceremony with walking in the middle of the air. They became an unusual church. Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, seeing the future instead of the present, walking in the middle of the air. Why, do you think, were they so obsessed with making it clear that they were superior Christians? Why do you think they were so obsessed with making it clear that they were absolutely winning the religious life? This letter is Paul's response. His response to a church obsessed with showing they are the most faithful, the most mysterious, the most spiritual. They are so intent on showing others that the church in Colossae is above any of them. They created a walking in the air ceremony to literally seek the things that are above. And Paul responds with this relentless claim that all things hold together in Christ. When we were waiting in Fort Lauderdale at the airport getting ready to fly down to Columbia, there were other mission teams there wandering around. It's not hard to pick them out as they're all wearing matching neon t-shirts, a bit of a giveaway. One such group slipped into the line for coffee in front of me, and this was the third coffee shop I had tried, and all of the lines were massive, so I settled in for the wait. The group was probably seven teenagers. For nearly half an hour, I stood behind them as the line inched forward, and I learned a lot about their lives. Their coming trip to Brazil, heard about the potential relationship between Daniel and Kelly, but was Kelly really over Kyle? A conundrum, to be sure. I heard about rooming arrangements, the coming school year, summer jobs. I heard about it all as their conversation rose and fell, and I watched them. I watched how they would interact, how in the lull of a silence, some of them would go straight to the phone, how some of them leaned on each other with the familiarity of old friends, sharing inside jokes, retelling stories. And there was one boy... He looked like the other, same shirt, obviously, similar style. He fit in on the outside. But as he bounced from foot to foot with nervous energy, when he'd laugh too loud and then retreat to his phone in sullen silence, it didn't quite feel like he belonged anymore. So what he did is he made himself the joke. I watched it happen. Started just tearing himself down, telling ridiculous stories about himself, how he failed Algebra 2. The teacher gave him a chance to retake a test, and he told her that he was late to take a nap. And he saw the other kids shock at his story, their interest, and he fed on it. Their laughter, even if it was at him, it brought him into the group. Their curiosity was held by him, so he kept them curious. More stories, silly stunts. Because he didn't believe what Paul says here in Colossians. He didn't believe that all things hold together in Christ. 
he didn't believe that if he stopped being so strange, if he stopped selling himself, that the group would hold on to him. He believed they would forget him. Was he wrong? Was he wrong? All things hold together in Christ. It's a hard truth to believe when the world is falling apart around us. When we have to earn who we are. When we have to prove who we are in any group that we're in. After witnessing the devastation of society following World War I, W.B. Yates lamented that things fall apart, the center cannot hold. And it's true. We're surrounded by marriages that crumble, companies that downsize, diseases that rob us of loved ones, politics that divide us. What in the world holds us together? When the world feels like a nightmare, you're wearing a knit sweater and someone has grabbed that loose thread and just keeps pulling. So you're frantically re-knitting it as they unravel. If you stop, even just for a moment, just to breathe, the world will unravel around you. So, we spend the few discretionary dollars we have and hours we have going to the gym, shopping at Whole Foods, seeing a therapist, padding our resumes, making ourselves worth it to our families, our friends, our employers, all in the hopes of keeping our small worlds together. But despite our best efforts, despite all the energy and the motion, it is not enough. The world just keeps pulling on that thread. So Paul writes to this church in Colossae trying to prove to the world that they are worth it with their mysteries and their miracles and their do not feel, do not taste, do not touch, walking on air ceremonies. And he tells them, all things hold together in Christ. And frankly, I wonder what in the world Paul is talking about. Does Paul not see the things falling apart? Does he not see the center cannot hold? Because on a day-to-day basis, whether or not my child has breakfast, lunch, and dinner depends on me. Whether or not her clothes are clean and ready to wear depends on me. Whether or not my husband feels cared for and respected depends on me. The answer to the questions, where are my shoes and where is my hairbrush, even those depend on me. So when Paul says, all things hold together in Christ, I don't fully understand what he's talking about. He doesn't find my child's shoes or her hairbrush. Between family and friends and job and health, it feels like all I have time to do is frantically grasp at strings, trying to keep it from all unraveling around me. Like the church in Colossae, like the teenager in line, I don't know what it means that all things hold together in Christ. Because in my world, I am the center I'm the center, trying to hold it together. 
I'm the center. And if I stopped trying to keep my daughter loved and fed and safe and growing, who knows where she'd end up? And if I stopped working on my marriage, how long before we hardly know each other? And if I slow down with ideas for sermons or worship or visits or Christian ads, how long before people get bored or bothered and leave? And I'm not special. Your jobs and your families and your friends and colleagues and church depend on you, too. If you stopped visiting, if you stopped advocating, if you stopped giving, if you stopped saying yes, if you took a break, if you stopped shopping, stopped pushing, stopped running, stopped planning, if you stopped texting, if you stopped reaching out, if you stopped trying so hard, holding all those strings, how long before things begin to unravel? These demands from every side are pulling like some medieval torture until our lives are stretched as thin as our schedules are full. The world we live in. Life is a sweater with loose string, and the world has grabbed it and is pulling, pulling, and if you stop for a second, who knows? You are the center. But the center cannot hold. It cannot hold. When Paul writes to the church in Colossae, this small town church, proving that they've got it going on, he sees their obsession, sees their mysteries, sees their desperation to be special, and Paul writes them saying, you're missing the point. Fred Craddock paraphrases Paul's response by saying, so Paul wrote to the church in Colossae and said, all that stuff you're doing as, has a show of religion, and I'm sure you are amazing a lot of people. I'm sure they're really fascinated by how deeply, sincerely religious you are, but I want you to know it does not amount to a hill of beans. Paul said, what you are doing is self-serving, self-promoting, and spiritually egotistical, and it has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. You are simply doing your own thing and calling it being really religious. You see, the church of Colossae wanted to hold all things together. So they walked on air and called it religious. Quickly they found that gravity set in and the center wouldn't hold. As hard as we try, as frenetic and furious and frantic as we may try, we cannot hold it all together. The center will not hold. At church, in our families, we will make mistakes. We will stumble. We will fall. We will disappoint, let down, forget, get angry. We may even go as far as trying to walk on air. And none of it will amount to a hill of beans. Because a world where we are the center will crumble and fall. The sweater will come apart at the seams. Which is hard. It's hard because I can't just quit all my responsibilities, nor do I suggest you do so. If we just quit our responsibilities, God won't magically cook dinner and find the lost shoes. That's not how it works. But it does mean that our priorities must change. 
It does mean that our focus is not whether or not dinner gets cooked, but on whether or not Christ is at the center of our lives. Is Christ at the center? Is Christ at the center? Or is something else? Because keeping Christ at the center, that takes work. It takes humility and patience, kindness and prayer. It takes time together. It takes service and sacrifice. But that center will hold. It's good news. Good news. You don't have to walk in the middle of the air to be accepted by God. Instead, it's our call as the church to make Christ our center. It's our job to be good news for teenage boys desperately trying to prove that they are worth attention and care, to be a place where we can look at that boy and say, Stop. There's nothing left to prove. You belong because you are ours. It's good news for mothers and fathers and husbands and wives and pastors and congregants and friends and students and managers and caregivers and educators. It's good news for you because it's not your job to be the center. The world is unraveling. It is coming apart faster than you can put it back together. But your work is not to hold it together. Your work is to make Christ the center. Make Him the center of it all. Not family. Not work. Not children. Not this town. Your work is to make Christ the center. Because only then will the center hold. Let us pray. Lord, it is hard to remember to make you the center of our lives. It is hard in this busy climate where we are pulled in so many directions. It is hard to feel like everything doesn't depend on us. So today we come in a posture of surrender, giving our lives to you again, remembering that you hold all things together. We ask that you would show up in our lives, that you would show up and be the center. Give us the courage and the wisdom to focus once again on you. In your holy name we pray. Amen.